It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 248 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, December 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode. Uh, go to the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find all 30 NBA shows. You can find Locked On Fantasy, Locked On NBA with, with uh, David Locke. Lots of great stuff for you to check out around this time of the season. If there's a team you're particularly interested in, if you want to hear all about the Kobe stuff, I don't know why you would want to, but if you want to, you can go listen to Lockdown Lakers with Anthony and Harrison. It's a great show, uh, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a good time. So make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Network. Please find our show, Lockdown Raptors, on iTunes. Leave a rating, leave a review. It takes no time at all. It's the easiest way to help support the show and show that you care. It makes us more discoverable, and uh, it's a lovely thing for you to do. So I'd appreciate it very much if you would take the 30 seconds it takes to do that. All right, on today's show, uh, I promised a mailbag podcast last week, but then James Herbert wrote a really good piece about the Raptors, so I did a podcast with him instead, and then I didn't do a Friday pod because I was at the Raps game and I was just uh, too busy and whatnot with work and uh, travel and all that stuff. So uh, to make up for that, we're doing the mailbag podcast today, and to join me to do that is our pal, Radio Superstar, Sahal Abdi. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be on. Yeah, glad to have you back. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. I know you've been very busy with exams and stuff, so very happy yeah. that that's over for you because I know that's yes. miserable. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's, it was honestly these these two weeks have been so tough, but I'm just happy I got through it. Yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna have some fun today. Lots of uh, very strange questions that came in. Uh, some more basketball related ones because I teased it last week that I was gonna do a mailbag. Uh, so we're going to kind of use a mix of the questions from last week and this week. If we don't get to yours, very sorry, but uh, you know who you are if you ask this dumb question. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's get to a question from last week first. Um, da, da, da. How about we go with an actual basketball question? This one comes from Josh at Lou Brown 34 When should the Raps start mixing the all-bench lineup into more playoff-style lineups? The bench lineup is nice and fun, but won't be a lineup come playoff time. So Hall... When should Dwayne Casey start staggering his stars a little bit more? Um, I think at this point of the season, he's done a pretty good job of it. Like, you see any bench player you've basically seen with the starters here and there, I, I do agree that he has to do it a little bit more. Um, what are we? We're not even 50% through yeah, we're the like season. A, we're, 40%. we're like exactly a third of the way through the year. Yeah, so we're, we're only a third of the way through. Um, I think... <laughs> Dwayne Casey has a, more than enough time to do it. But I do agree with you that he does need to stagger a lot more. Um, it, it's just going to help with the continuity of, of, of what Dwayne Casey likes in his lineups and what he doesn't like. So for sure, I do think we need to do that more. Um, if we start, if we continue with this all bench kind of thing, I, I don't think it's going to be a good thing come playoff time. Yeah, I don't think Dwayne Casey's going to do that come playoff time because his history suggests that he just won't. Um, like, he's yeah. always gone with Lowry in the bench in the past. I think this season, 
Like, I really do think Dwayne Casey's taking this season with a developmental approach as much as it is about winning as well. I think they can do both. They're that good. They're that deep and talented that, like, I am okay running out this all-bench unit for, like, I don't know, another third of the season. And, like, after the All-Star game, maybe that's when you start sort of honing things in. Um, because, like, you have to get through the season, too. And if you start, you know, having Kyle Lowry play with the bench units, you're probably risking bringing his minutes back up to about 36 minutes a game, which, uh, you know, is probably not what you want, considering they've done a good job of limiting his minutes this season. And with DeLon right back, it should be even easier now. Um, so I'm okay, like, holding off for a little while, because the Raptors are in a pretty good spot right now. They're 20-8. and eight. Uh, I'm okay giving the bench units some time to figure out what's been ailing them of late because like they'll still those guys will all have to have a role at some point whether it's with starters or not uh, they're gonna have to be involved at some you know on some level so like I'm okay work them working it out together and kind of figuring things out on the fly and if it take if it costs the Raptors a game or two in the process then fine uh, I think it'll be worth it by the end of the year so I think like I would say after the all-star break is when I would really start to hone things in uh, maybe pare it down to like nine guys in the rotation and kind of get step for the playoffs that way but as we've seen, I think 28 games or so is probably about enough to you know, get you know familiarized with lineups and things like that. The starting five over the last six or seven games has really started to come together, and like that's with you know a third of the season to play together. So as long as they don't leave it yeah. to like the start of April when you're playing teams that don't care and there's not that much time to get things sort of uh, stabilized, then I'm, I'm totally okay with it. So I would say like late February, early March, by the time they start doing it by then, then I'm cool with it. If not, I'll be a little bit worried. But even then, I still think just the – like Dwayne Casey's history suggests that he's not going to roll out all bench units come playoff time. I think the fact that they yeah. literally won a series by – but because the Pacers did that exact thing probably sticks in their mind a little bit. And Casey just has uh-huh. always run out Kyle with the bench or DeMar with the bench. It's just this season he's had more tools to use, so he hasn't had to do that as much. But I think that will be his playoff go-to when the time comes. 100%. All right. Uh, next question. Let's go to Mark Roll at Mark Roll32. This one uh, was a, maybe a little bit more timely last year, last week before Norm Powell started to figure things out. But the question is is it time to start worrying about the Norm contract? Sahal. Uh, no. No. It's not time yet. Uh, Norm had a pretty rough start to the season, but we've seen that since he's been moved to the bench. He's looked a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a lot of things I think that led up to him just not performing well in the beginning of the season. It was the pressure of the new contract, um, him being in the starting lineup for the first time. Um, I just think in terms of style of play, stylistically, him and DeRozan were a lot more similar than mm-hmm. they were different. So just pairing him with guys like Fred Van Vliet and DeLon Wright um, kind of did wonders for his play. So I don't think it's time to start worrying. I think we've seen a different norm coming off the bench. Um, and I think him coming off the bench that doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, he's not really worth that four-year. I think it was four-year 40 million or four-year 44 million. 42. So, like, 40 million, yeah. yeah. So four-year 42 million, that's pretty damn good for a guy that's, what, a sixth or seventh man coming off the bench and probably your main initiator off the bench. So... Um, it's definitely not time to start worrying. I think <laughs> you got to wait this year, maybe a little bit of next year, before we start worrying. Yeah, I'm with you. The sample on Norm is still so hard to really gauge because, like before yeah. this season, he never really had a defined role. He just kind of was thrown in on a whim, you know, whenever they needed him, whether it was the playoffs or Damari Carroll sitting up back to backs, things like that. Um, like he's never really had a defined role, and I do think he's gonna, you know, kind of get back to the player that saved the Raptors' asses in the playoffs two times at some point. 
Um, I, I think yeah. you know, I you know, I, I think maybe how he's played since the bench has been a bit overstated. He was pretty good for like a couple weeks, and then he was really bad for a couple weeks there uh, leading up to this weekend. Yeah. Uh, he kind of figured things out in the fourth quarter against the Nets, and then on Sunday against the the Kings, he had a nice game. But he had a couple weeks there where it looked pretty rough. But I don't think it's like a coincidence that when Delon Wright came back. Norm started to look a little bit better. I just think those two guys work out really oh, well yeah. together. Um, I think I'm not even sure what it is. I think Delon's a bit more of like a dynamic playmaker, so that kind of frees up Norm to maybe be a secondary guy or like a one A as opposed to having to be the sort of you know the number one initiator when Fred VanVleet's the only point guard on the floor. So I, I think uh-huh. it's going to help Norm going forward with Delon back. I think those two make a really nice pairing. Yeah, they have some really good on-court chemistry, so that's definitely a good point you made. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, let's move on to a sillier question. Um, this question comes from, I get, there's so many questions to go through here. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> this You're one, a famous guy, Sean. This from our, our pal Assad uh, at Swar Lasers, former guest of the show, oh, uh, nemesis of Sahal. How many Raptors does Sahal have a better hairline then? Okay. Okay, so I saw it. I will not lie. I laughed at this because for any listeners, for any listeners that that listen to Locked On Raptors um, in a, in a regular manner, um, I'm Somali, so my forehead's just it's 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 parking lot. It's pretty big. So, so in terms of Raptors that have a better hairline than me, I was going through them and um, CJ Miles, that guy's got a pretty big thing going on, honestly. Um, <laughs> This is why a lot of people refer to CJ Miles as Somali. So I think CJ Miles is up there, um, and that's honestly about it. There's not guys that can rival what's going on with my hairline. I gotta pull up the the team sheet right now. One second, I gotta see the head. I mean, Lorenzo Brown has given up on the hairline, so I guess he would also kind of be in the category. Um, oh, Lorenzo Brown! That guy's <laughs> hairline's neck. So yeah, yeah, he he gave it up. So um, let's see here. Eh. Oh, I guess yeah. Kyle's fine. Demar's fine. Yeah, CJ. Ibaka has like a Kobe Bryant Caesar thing going on, so you can't really. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, Fred's got a very low low hairline. Yeah, I think CJ is pretty much the only guy here, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I'm looking at Pascal Siakam. He's a little. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me in three years, and uh, he might be yeah. kind of joining the Sahal category of hairlines here. Um, 100%. <laughs> He's got a big forehead. Lord, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sahal's going to be on Pascal Siakam hairline watch for the next five years. Yeah, I really will. Oh, man. Call. Uh, all right, next question from our pal Dan Grant at Slam and Danny G. Would you rather fight one Boban sized duck or ten duck sized Bobons? Oh my god, that's a good question. Bobon, I'm sorry if, if anybody who's a fan of Bobon's listening, but that guy's one of the ugliest players I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, so considering that, I would hate to fight 10 duck-sized Bobons. 
what is he? Is he seven four, seven three? I'm gonna look that up right now. He is enormous. I know that. Uh, seven three, two ninety. Oh, and his ears, oh his ears have a wingspan oh. of six feet. Oh my god! <laughs> like yeah, that guy has some Dumbo stuff going on. Dumbo, <laughs> but no, um, oh, that's a good question. Probably ten duck size bull ones. So I can step on him, but. Yeah, that seems a little bit easier to handle instead of one Bobon-sized duck. I just, I yeah, don't think I could beat any animal that's, like, bigger than me in size in any fight. Not that we're harming animals on this podcast. I just don't think I could do that. I, like, they're just too big and they have animal strength, which is significantly more impressive than, man, than, than like, human strength. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, over-under. Over-under. What do you think Bobon Marjanovic's career PER is? Yo, that's a good question, and I'll tell you why. Because I've seen uh, specifically Duncan Smith, okay? Yeah. Duncan Smith is, like, one of the more well-known, for people who are listening, Duncan Smith is one of the more well-known Detroit kind of beat writers for the Pistons. In fairness, I think and, he's the only Detroit beat writer I know on Twitter. Yeah, that's actually the best. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. But Duncan's but, great. Um, yeah, Duncan's Duncan's been on uh, a fan of Blonde. And he's honestly one of the only reasons that I know that guy exists, <laughs> other than him having huge ears. But, um, goodness, what is it? Is it, what's the league? A league average is 15, right, for PER? Yeah, that's like an average player. What do you think his I'm career say, PER is? I'm going to say 17. Okay, you're not even close. It's 28.2. 28.2? Yeah. Oh, my. Goodness. His career uh, points per thir- this is per thirty six numbers for his career in ninety eight games. He's played eight hundred and sixty three yeah. total NBA minutes. Uh, his oh. career per thirty six twenty two and a half points, fourteen point two rebounds, one and a half blocks, one and a half assists. He's shooting fifty eight percent from two. Never attempted a three, so just fifty eight percent from the field for his career, and a seventy seven percent free throw shooter. There's some bonkers, some bonkers per thirty six numbers. Wow. Yeah, he's played 62 minutes this season, and his per 36 is 30.2 points, 9.9 boards, and 2.9 assists. <laughs> with that guy because he's so big that they, he they just, he doesn't get minutes, or like, does he have like knee issues? What I I don't really know about the guy. So what what is it? I don't understand what's stopping him from getting more minutes. I really, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I guess Andre Drummond's playing a ton of minutes there at center, and you're not going to play Boban at the four or Drummond at the four, so he's kind of stuck behind yeah. him there. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what the deal is. I just, I guess he, you know, maybe because of his enormous size, he's not like a big minutes type of guy. I can't say I watch much of the Pistons. As good as they've been this season, and they're kind of coming back to earth a little bit, I can't say I'm uh, going out of my way to watch the Piston, Pistons. I, I must say. I've been, I actually, I've been a pretty bad League Pass watcher this season, if I'm not going to lie. Uh, I started off, I was like digging like 25 different teams, and that's slowly been pared down to like 15 teams that I'll even entertain at this point. Because uh, Yeah, Detroit's just not a fun team for me to watch, to be honest. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can move on to the next question. Uh, let's go to this one. This is going to be a variation of... Uh, we'll ask the original question. We can go a variation of it as, of it as well. This is from 40 and Dunking at Midlife Vertical. Uh, with Kobe getting two jerseys retired by the Lakers this week, should the Raptors retire both number one and two for P.J. Tucker? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting something, like, totally different. But, yeah. um, wow. That's a... You know, P.J.'s one of those guys that, like, 
he I've never I don't think I don't know if I've ever seen he's one of the most le- well liked Raptors in the history I think of the organization. Um, will they retire both of his numbers or even one? No. Yeah. Will they even consider it? No. But um, PJ is one of those guys that he gives it his all on the court, one hundred and twenty percent of the time. So you can't help but appreciate the guy. Yeah. But, um, would I be mad though if they retired his number? No. <laughs> I'm trying to think of. I've been thinking about this. Like, which Raptor has the most stands per minutes played for the team? Like, I think it's like PJ Bismack is in there. Um, Balance shooting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I think it's uh, I think it's very much the inverse. There. I don't think he's very efficient with, with the number of minutes he's played. I do think the JV Hive is, is shrinking, I think. It yeah. is, yeah, but they're also becoming a lot more volatile. So. That's true. Uh, well, yeah, when they when they get cornered, they got to lash out, I understand. Um, yeah, 100%. But, yeah, like, I think it would like, be like PJ Biombo, uh, like Pops Mensa Bonsu maybe. <laughs> Yeah, for like he's, his he's 10 a games. Guy. Yeah, I, I like for like people who like him per minute played, like per capita uh, likability for the Raptors. Like I think that's probably like the final three, right? Like, is there anyone uh, else? That JYD. I'm... What about JYD? He played for a little while with the team, though. That's the thing. Like he, yeah. And I think people have kind of soured on him as he's become like just super lame in his like retired career. <laughs> yeah. Like the man still Charles. barks. It's uh. Charles. I like Charles Oakley as well. Oakley's, but yeah, that top three, you're right about that. Oakley's like, probably there. Three. Actually, I probably put Oakley ahead of, uh, just because I do think more people like Oakley than Pops Mensa Bonsu. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah. Let me see Oak's career. He only played like two years with the team, so I think he could qualify. I think Corey Joseph maybe too, considering he was a Canadian guy, only played two seasons. I think he could probably be in there as well. But yeah, so let's say that's the final yeah. four of most liked per minute played. Uh, it's Oak. It's Oak. Uh, our boy Corey Joe, PJ Tucker, Bismack Biombo. Yeah, Oak played three seasons, uh, two hundred and eight games. That's enough. That's 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 a small enough sample that you can fit into this category. Yeah. All right. Um, I do think a lot of the olds they love Charles Oakley, like our boy Dan Grant or Dan Reynolds or some of the other olds. I think they really adore uh, Oak's time with the team, so he can fit in there pretty well. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, next question here from Fresh of Breath Air at Smokem Yokum. What's more <laughs> satisfying, a Raps win or a Celtics loss? Uh, I'm going against the green and saying Celtics loss. I don't think that's against the grain at all. I think that is oh, really? the, the correct answer at this point. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, because when I see the, the, the Raptors win and the Celtics lose, it's like the utmost happiness that can enter your heart. But then also when the Raptors lose and the Celtics lose, it's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I would argue that I would argue that Raptors win and, and Celtics loss are closer to me than Raptors loss and Celtics win. I'm much more upset about Celtics wins than I am Raptors losses. I definitely 100% agree with you. Yeah, like, 
And the, this is this has been a thing all season long, and it happened again last night, and it's going to happen for the rest of the season because the Celtics can't blow anybody out, no matter how good people think they are, or how much they don't want to trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis in this hypothetical trade that no one ever said was going to happen, uh, except for Celtics fans. Um, the whole thing with the Celtics is, I guess I follow so many people on Twitter who either are watching Celtics games every game or cover the team that every time I'm looking at Twitter and the Celtics are playing, it seems like the Celtics are winning by 25. Like, it's like, oh, Jason Tatum's incredible, Jalen Brown, Kyrie, blah, 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 they're so amazing. No one's ever pointing out the, the massive foibles in their games. Uh, they're just pointing out how great they're playing. And then I go to the, the app or whatever, I flip on the game, and it's like tied with like the Celtics and Hornets. And it's like, okay... Uh, sure. Yeah, that that sure matches the reaction on Twitter. Um, but like it's 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 like clockwork. It's unbelievable. Every single like last night too. Flip over. It's like tied with the Pacers, and it's like, oh man, Jason Tatum, MVP, ugh, Rookie of the Year, blah blah blah, garble garble. Um, and Jason Tatum's really good. That dunk last night was insane. But like, and I don't I don't like disparaging the guy because he's actually good, and it's not his fault. He got it's like blaming a guy for like who his parents are. Um, saying, oh, your parents yeah. suck. Like, no, it's not your fault that your parents suck. You just you got drafted by the Celtics. So I feel That's bad it. blaming Jason Tatum. He hasn't really had the whole Celtic stink on him just yet. But um, the whole, like, every time they lose, it, it feels good. And the fact that they're only one game out in the loss column now is very nice. It's fun to keep track of the Raptors as they try to chase him down with their vastly superior net rating. Yeah, 100%. I I can't wait for the inevitable Raptors-Celtics playoff matchup. I just, I pray that the cards come together and the basketball gods just, just make this happen where it's the Celtics and Raptors in the second round or something happens where it's the Celtics-Raptors. Because I honestly think that, I'm not even going to say it, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you think the Celtics would lose the series? I 100% think the Celtics are going to lose the series. I kind of think so too. The Raptors are playing really well, and maybe we're we got rose-colored glasses on because they've been so good against bad teams lately. But hey, you know what the Raptors do against bad teams? They blow them out. They don't lose to them. I mean, they lost to the Clippers, but they don't like win by one point every single time they play a bad team. They actually uh, take care of business, so that's good. Um, the Celtics can only dream yeah. of that. Um, on the same note, from our bow, from our guy uh, at Brown is the night. Uh, is murdering Aaron Baines the key to neutralizing the Celtics? And which Raptor would you send to do the job? <laughs> I think Aaron Baines has the full-out capability of murdering himself. The way that guy plays on the court is is honestly insane. I don't think I don't know if he's a dirty player. I know a lot of people like calling him a dirty player, um, but I feel like he's just such a physical guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what Raptor would I send? Um, who'd you send, Sean? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know if there's any rappers that have like a a murdery side. Um, yeah, I guess I if you want to go with Tucker like, back, what's that? Sorry, I would have said Pete Tucker if he came back in the off season, but yeah, I guess if you want to go for more like a silent assassin, maybe like CJ Miles. He's accurate from long distance. Get yeah. in and out. Do the job quick. That's a shot. <laughs> this has gotten morbid. Um, we're not. We're not endorsing the murder of uh, Celtics players on this podcast. We have to bleed this part out. Uh, did you see the Brown thing today? What's that? I said Brown is the night. Did you setting us up? Yeah, it's his fault. Um, so, did you see this thing today? I want to get your opinion on this. This isn't a question. Uh, this yeah. thing from Boston.com, uh, or some Celtics news site. 
Um, but the, rat, the the Celtics all sharing who their favorite artists were to listen to in high school. And of course, Aaron Baines and Gordon Hayward both said Eminem. <laughs> oh my god, of course. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I honestly didn't. I think I saw the tweet briefly as I was scrolling down um, my timeline. Who did Rosier pick? I think I saw Terry Rosier. You said pick, Gucci Mane. Yeah, Gucci Mane. Like, I saw it very briefly. I didn't really look at the tweet, but. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie said um, Rent. Kyrie said Rent and Phantom of the Opera because he's the fake deepest person of all time. Fake <laughs> deepest guy, like oh my god, Kyrie! Like, like no, Ky- you did not listen to Rent and Phantom of the Opera in high school, Kyrie. Stop, man. <sighs> so 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 lame. Like um, Kyrie, I used to actually love you when you were in Cleveland, and now you like you went to the you went to the opposition, and now you're doing all this fake deep stuff and. <laughs> Why you gotta do that, man? It's it's frustrating for sure. Uh, next question comes from uh, at agent or uh, agent orange at distorson. Uh, should we put Abaka on the same schedule restriction as Joel Embiid? This I guess this is timely considering Serge missed the Sunday game against the the uh, Kings. What do you think? In terms of like his knee issues, yeah, like they just like pl- not playing back to backs and rest them, you know, a third of the yeah. games. Yeah, I think the Raptors are good enough where they can where they can get away with doing that 100. percent You can just easily plug in a Siakam into the starting lineup, or even do what they did before, where you put CJ Miles at the at the three and move that Obi to the four. It's interchangeable, really, but uh, the Raptors definitely have the depth to get away with doing something like that. Um, Ibaka's sore knees have been an issue since early on in the season. Um, he missed the last game because of that because of that issue, um, and I think it's an issue where later on, maybe when the playoffs are over, he's going to get some sort of arthroscopic knee surgery or something to do with that. But um, the Raptors could definitely get away with it. They have the depth, they have the overall roster depth to get away with doing that. Yeah, I don't know if it should be as extreme as the Embiid stuff, where they're like yeah, yeah, being definitely not super, like that. Maybe, super... maybe second game of back to backs. That's all I would really do. Even then, like that's a that turns into a lot of games. Like they have a back to back this week on thir- on Wednesday, Thursday. Like I don't know if that's necessary after he sat on Sunday. Like I'm sure he's gonna play this week. That's kind of been the pattern when he sat out with this thing. I think it is probably more strategic than anything when he's taking these games off. So they might already be kind of doing it, but I don't think it needs to be quite as cl- as restrictive as, as Embiid's uh, sort of the way they're treating him with kid gloves this season. I think Serge, yeah. he, like, he's looked fine in the games he's played. Like, he hasn't looked like he's been limping in any of the games when he's come back from this knee thing either. So, and he looked amazing yeah. heading into the game that he missed on Sunday too. So, I'm not sure even how much of a deal it is. It might just be them trying to sort of skirt around the new resting rules, which I'm not even certain what the resting rules even are because um, it doesn't really apply to the Raptors, I don't think, all that much. <laughs> but... Uh, I think they're they're fine. I, I think like Abaka's really good on this team, and if you want to, you know, I'm kind of more coming around to the idea of like maybe you should try to chase chase a one seed at this point. Maybe it is attainable, and maybe you do want to have guys in as much as you want. Maybe like if there's an argument for to go back to the first question, there's an argument for sort of shortening things up and uh, and having Kyle play with the bench more often. Maybe it is that you want to shoot for the one seed because you think the seeding will matter and you want to avoid. You know, potentially having to play both Cleveland and Boston in the playoffs instead of, and rather just you know have have to play one of them. Um, I don't yeah. know. That that's that's a consideration too, I suppose. And if the Raptors are really sort of looking at the schedule now, a third of the way into the year, and are ahead of where they thought they'd be, maybe they will kind of change up their plan on the fly. I'm not sure they will because I think they have kind of settled into a nice groove here, and they can probably contend for a one seed even without totally sort of going all out for it. But uh, it's something to consider, I suppose. 
Side question, Sean. Um, is MB still on a minute restriction? Like, I know he doesn't play the second game of back-to-backs, but is he still on a strict minute restriction? I don't think it's that strict because he played like a million minutes in that overtime game against the Thunder. But I think yeah, they are trying to... Yeah. I think they are trying to keep him under a certain, like, 30 minutes or so. Let's see here. He's averaging this season... Um, he's averaging 31.4, so maybe the minutes okay. restriction is kind of just not there anymore. That's kind of... That's yeah. insanely high for... Like, that's nuts. He's played more than I thought yeah. he would, I gotta say. He's only missed... I thought he'd be maybe in the high 20s. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's very few games where he hasn't... He's been over 25 in every single game he's played this season. So, yeah, maybe that's not I really that, a thing. I think that has a lot to do with him thinking that, like, stop holding me back. Because I think Embiid knows he has that all-world talent. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't need to be held back at this point, I'm good. So, maybe that has a has a little thing going on as well. Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're listening to him. Maybe he's got you know he knows his body better than anyone, I suppose. Um, uh-huh. Maybe he feels better than he thought he would or whatever. He's so ridiculously good. I'm excited to watch yeah. the Raptors actually have a challenging opponent this week with the with the, with the Sixers back to back on Thursday Super and Saturday. Exciting. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it'll be Embiid's first game in Toronto if he plays on Saturday, which uh, will be fun. So damn, yeah, yeah, it's wild. They're also not that good <laughs> as it turns out. Because, as I kind of predicted before the season, uh, having lots of young guys doesn't really translate to winning all that often, as good as they might be. Um, it doesn't, yeah. They do have two kind of generational talents, but you can only go so far when your team's average age is 6.3. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, is there any more questions going on? Uh, this one here, past the Rock, which is the best version of the in-game Raptor? The Mega Raptor, the Blow-Up Mini Raptor, or the Regular Raptor? Um, regular raptor. Yeah, I, I hate the mini raptor. Mini, mini raptor is a is a pesky little bastard that I I don't I don't really care for. Mega raptor okay. is around rare rarely enough that I kind of dig it when he's there. I think I made actually a Boban joke one time when he was on the court uh, when the Raptors were playing the Pistons. Um, so it's good for content like that. Um, mini raptor is just kind of a prick. Yeah, I just, I feel like, and I, this is honest, like, I really do believe he's just more annoying than he is anything <laughs> else. I don't know what he contributes. Like, I see, like, oh, yeah, like, regular Raptor and mini Raptors right beside him, like, but I just... Yeah, I guess the, the the one thing he has provided is, like, the gif of him falling down the stairs and, and deflating. That's... yeah. Iconic, yeah. yeah that, that's definitely his, his contribution to the basketball internet world. But other than that... Like, that's pretty much all you need to know about Mini Raptor, right? Like, he's going to eat some uh-huh. kids. He'll, like, swallow up a kid into his stomach or whatever and dance around and gyrate. Deal with a couple lawsuits on the side, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the regular Raptor. I, I, I really enjoyed watching him hug Vince Carter on uh, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> Two best dunkers of all time, baby. Um, yeah. What else have we got? I don't know if there's any more questions here. Um, just some about your fame. Uh, how about this one from William Liu? Which Somalis can ball, and why are they lying about it? <laughs> this is one. This is for you. Oh my God! So, so William, so William, backstory. Um, <laughs> William Liu made a claim that um, Somali ballers in the GTA, um, there is, or he, sorry, he made the claim that there was no Somali ballers in the GTA, or that they just weren't good. And um, if you live anywhere in the GTA, except for where. Will Will is ninety percent of the time, which is his basement. Um, I think. I no, no, no. I'm I'm being dead serious. Well, I hope you're listening to this. 
how did you not when you go to any YMCA um, gym or, or, or LA Fitness or anything like that you're gonna see at least one Somali baller now I'm not claiming that they're the best or, or whatever but they're they definitely ball like every almost every Somali guy I know plays basketball regularly so Will what, what, what are you trying to say Will what are you trying to say Will does claim to have grown up in Rexdale, which you would think that he would kind of... Yeah, he, yeah. He, he keeps holding on to that, Sean, and, and he, keeps hold, he can hold on to that all he likes, but Will, like, come on, man. Yeah, it's almost like when he says that, it's like, it's like he's still like telling on himself, and he actually he grew up in Leaside. Yeah, he really is. He's going to hold on to that for the rest of his life. So, so Will, you, you can have that. But uh, me and you are gonna go to any gym that that you wish in the GTA, and we're gonna find out. How are you as a as a baller, Sahal? Are you uh, are you a decent player? I don't. To be honest, I don't play basketball as often as I used to. Right. Um, growing up, elementary school, high school, I used to play basketball a, a shit ton. Mm-hmm. But um, through throughout university, I'm just like a once in a while type guy. Yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a big, huge basketball. I'm not. I'm not a stud. Assad thinks he's an NBA superstar, so... <laughs> will you Assad. be at the next Raptors Republic 3-on-3 three three tournament? I will, 100%. And these guys still hold it against me that I didn't make it. Um, I kind of made a promise that I would be there, but things didn't work out. But I'm, I'm 100% there next summer. Yeah, I missed it too because I was in Chicago because uh, I planned a trip at a poor, at a poor time. Uh, but I, I'll be there. I was at the, the one before that, and my team was not very good. Uh, maybe we can bring like a locked on Raptors team with you, me, and Vivek or something like that, and we can uh, yeah, we can go. I'm down. Probably lose. I, I've, I've I've shared my my player comp on the podcast before. I am definitely 2015-16 Luis Scola, the crappy version. Oh, uh, oh goodness. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm a, I'm a pretty decent shooter, like surprisingly a good shooter that you wouldn't expect to be a good shooter. But elsewhere, I, I don't have much lateral quickness. Um, it's probably best that I don't finish games. Uh, you know, I have a purpose. It's mostly just to eat minutes and eat space and kind of just be a good teammate. But uh, yeah, and then like hit the odd corner three. But other than that, I don't really serve much purpose. What's what's your player comp, Sahal? Um, I say Anthony Tolliver, except I don't look like a Walking Dead zombie. <laughs> to be honest, and and that's just honestly like I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a shooter than anything. Okay. Like, all the guys that grew up with me just know that I'm usually on the three-point arc, but right. other than that, yeah, I'd probably see Anthony Tolliver without without the looks. Well, so I guess we just need our, our boy Vivek to be, like, a really good drive-and-kick point guard, and you can just set us up for corner threes, and then he can hopefully defend multiple positions while we don't do anything. While we do something. But we're going to be going up against Blake Murphy and Will, so... And harsh. Okay, Blake can't shoot. Blake's defense is, is legit. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely heard that. I've, I've watched him across court before from the, at the tournament. He His defense, he definitely tries very hard. Uh, he's a self-proclaimed hesitant shooter, so uh, not too much. You don't have to worry about You can Tony Allen his ass if you want. Uh, the Will Lou thing, I, I don't know. Is Will Lou good at basketball? I've never seen him play before. He wasn't at the tournament I was at. Oh, his, his head weighs him down so much so <laughs> I don't really know where his point of gravity lies so we'll, we'll, we'll find out honestly we'll find out this summer I know Blake's a good defender Harsh is like sticks and bones so I hope I get him in the post um, the only guy I'm afraid about is, is Assad to be honest and I know Assad's gonna have his own team or whatever I might be on Assad's team I don't know how it's gonna work out but 
I'm, I'm excited. We can maybe approach Asad for the lockdown team. He's he's been a guest on before, so maybe we can do that. Yeah. Um. All right, man. I think that's all I got. There'll be a lot of good questions. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. Sorry to, if we didn't get to your question that you sent in over the last couple of weeks. Um. But I appreciate everyone who sent them in either way. So, Hall, do you have anything you want to plug right now aside from your your just growing radio fame? Um. Um. Uh, it's just the usual yep. Twitter sabby28. I was on Sportsnet Fan Five Ninety. Um, actually tonight, a couple hours ago. So um, I'm on Raptors Republic like usual, contributing maybe once or twice a week. Um, that's about it for me. Awesome, man. Uh, everyone, please go to LockedOnRaptors.com. Check out the Locked On Raptors advent calendar. Uh, I'm getting close. There's only five posts left, and it's been a lot of fun. I Today I wrote about... Uh, I wrote two posts because I was a day behind. I wrote about Corey Joseph's buzzer beater against the Wizards. Uh, back in his first season with the team, his first month with the team. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then I wrote about Kyle Lowry and his best highlights as a Raptor. Funny thing about Kyle Lowry is, like, he doesn't have that many, like, obvious highlights, except for, like, you know, just in-your-face step-back jumpers that have won games. Like, he doesn't, like, he has, like, the one highlight, the the dunk from the All-Star game. There's that. Yeah. Um, But, like, he's not much of a, he's just, his his goodness is just kind of there, and it's not in-your-face. Um, but he's still incredible. Yeah, he so his style of play more than anything. He's not like an overly athletic guy. So yeah. So go check out the the, the lockdown Raptors advent calendar. Lots of good stuff this week. I uh, did an alternate history of what would have happened if the Raptors had taken Andre Iguodala uh, for the eighth day of the countdown uh, in honor of Rafael Arujo, the eighth overall pick in 2004. Uh, spoiler alert: the Raptors would have won titles. So make sure you please go check that out. And uh, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Raptors. Follow me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. And I'll be back again on Wednesday. We'll tee up the game against the Hornets and all that good stuff. Maybe even do a recap podcast after the Hornets game because I like doing recaps more than previews because they stay fresher longer. Uh, so we'll be back again tomorrow uh, at some point throughout the day, either during the day or in the evening. Uh, and uh, thanks for coming on, Sahal. We'll talk to you soon, man. I'll talk to you soon, man, Sean. Thank you again for having me on. Cheers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.